Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Hello, I'm Alice Fraser, and I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhäuser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time unless you're listening to The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world. Welcome to the show. Fresh, fancy and full of opinions, our guest fashion editor this week is Nish Kumar. Welcome. Good to be here. Remember fashion is for everyone. <laughs> and our guest science, technology and Dunkin' Donuts editor is Josh Gomberman. Welcome back. My three passions, and I would say equally. <laughs> Welcome to the magazine, gentlemen. Before we dive in, let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover this week is Simone Biles posing provocatively in a white tracksuit going, oh, now you give a f- about gymnastics, Gary? The subheadline is, is it time for a mental health Olympics? Other words on the cover include culture section, jazz, is it, and why not? (laughs) And top tips to the new body confidence. Eight of them are surgical intervention and the other two are just get over it. Plus, Jesus and his homeopathic fish, how to feed a host with just a drop of fish sauce diluted in half a glass of water. The satirical cartoon today is a movie poster of a J-Lo and Ben Affleck gritty reboot. J-Lo and Ben Affleck, of course, known as Blopez. In this gritty (laughs) reboot, she's weaponized and rebuilt her iconic butt after burning it down for the insurance money when she was on the run from the mafia. And he's actually the grim Batman man from the DC movies, but one who isn't Bruce Wayne by day. They're making out together on a yacht with a surprisingly visible amount of tongue that causes a rift in the space-time continuum that's making the robot who played Jaws in the movie Jaws achieve sentience and become an existential philosophy professor at Penn State. It's a lot to carry for one panel satirical cartoon, but the artist has really carried it off. (laughs) I'm so worried that if they break up, Ben Affleck will get the worst tattoo in human history. (laughs) I think every day about what that tattoo would be. And the two that I've come up with are like um, 
It's like the green monster at Fenway Park, full chest and stomach (laughs) piece. The green monster at Fenway Park and like the Yankees are storming it and the Red Sox are pouring boiling Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee down (laughs) upon them. And then the other version is it's the Last Supper, right? Famous is the Last Supper, but with the dropkick Murphys (laughs) instead of Jesus and the Apostles. (laughs) I I feel like the most telling thing about cultural pressures on appearance, even for Hollywood actors, is the fact that she hasn't aged and he has. I do think, though, if you... I feel like since they've gotten back together, he's de-aged, like, nine years, like, in the past month, if you look at him. (laughs) I 100% agree. There is some sort of aura around Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Like, if you put a baby near Jennifer Lopez, it devolves back into sperm and an mm-hmm. egg. Yeah. Like you, there's some kind of magic around that woman. It's the curious case of Benifer Button. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into the magazine. Our first section is our human brain section. Uh, now this story. A man in Japan has stroked himself while stroking himself in the worst Olympic event nobody ever asked for. Uh, this 51-year-old man is being reported as having masturbated himself into a stroke. Josh Gondelman, have you been following this story? I have been following this story. This man um, was masturbating around three times a day, and no judgment here, but who has the time? Um, <laughs> and he he had a stroke. He It's almost fatal. This is like a very frequently fatal condition, and he survived. And the French call the moment after an orgasm, le petit mort, right? The small death. And this guy almost got the whole thing, which is, uh, he's Japanese, but spiritually very French. Um, In many ways, every orgasm is just the tip of death. (laughs) He's described um, in in the news reports as being an unnamed right-handed man. And imagine (laughs) how much masturbating you have to do for someone to look at you and go, I don't know your name, but I'm sure you're right-handed. That thing is enormous. It looks like a giant foam finger you'd get at a basketball game. Well, the thing about this is that he masturbated frequently enough. He masturbated several times a day. It is entirely possible that the stroke just happened, and when he went into emergency, he didn't need to mention the masturbation. I'll go this far. I think the masturbation might have been what shook it loose, the blood clot. I think it could have saved his life. He's just used to, like, expelling things. I think he his body was just in top flow form of all fluids. I have to say, I had a very different reaction to the story, to both of you, because my reaction was, oh, so I guess we can't do anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have too much alcohol. It's not good for you. Don't have too much coffee. Don't have too much chocolate. And now it's like the one pleasure I thought we had left as human mm-hmm. beings has been compromised. Is it going to turn out looking at pictures of Rihanna and Channing Tatum gives you diabetes? <laughs> this is what happens when you expose yourself to the woke left. Part of your brain watches you masturbate and goes, this is toxic masculinity. I'm cutting it short. Mm-hmm. I think, especially given the last sort of 18 months that we've all endured, I feel like part of the when we all went into lockdown initially, the first thing they should have done is said... Right, first of all, you've got to try stay two metres apart from people, uh, mm-hmm. wash your hands, wear masks, and also, if you go to town in yourself three times a day, your brain might explode. Because surely <laughs> that has been one of the key health risks of the pandemic. 
I do think you're right that globally we've been in kind of a, a golden age of masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> right? A real renaissance. <laughs> This this really has been the the uh, you know when you study historic periods you think why is this particular the time why this particular place mm-hmm. you just have to look at the cocktail of circumstances <laughs> forced to stay indoors and the proliferation of high speed internet that is two ingredients for vintage a vintage masturbatory epoch absolutely I think that's what it's going to be known as in the future history books more than the pandemic. <laughs> Remember at the beginning of like early 2020, like March, April, when people were like, there's going to be so many pandemic babies. But I think what we're really going to find is it's going to be like somehow sock companies became incredibly <laughs> profitable. <laughs> and and like just dozens of new lotions were invented. <laughs> Sex toy companies have experienced that uh, their share value has gone through the roof. Through the roof. People who make dildos are the new disaster capitalists. (laughs) (laughs) It does plug a hole in a dike. Um, The little Dutch boy. In other brains exploding news, uh, on Twitter it is often tempting to ask, what, do you have rocks for brains? Uh, But it looks like that might be offensive to people whose heads exploded during the extreme heat event known as Pompeii getting volcanoed. Nish Kumar, you love a volcano. Have you been following this story? Oh, listen, I've been following this story very closely. I love a volcano. I love an exploded (laughs) brain. The one thing that I would say from this story... Uh, is that uh, I've never really understood why the phrase mind-blowing was ever meant to be a compliment. Because having your mind blown apart, it sounds like one of the worst possible... It's like having a dinner and going, boy, this is a real anus demolisher. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not a good idea that does it, it's just heat. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like someone dropped a real truth bomb on this guy. It was nature dropped a real actual bomb on this dude. <laughs> yeah, so this is the this is what has happened with uh, a body from Pompeii. They found a couple of bodies that have basically vitrified brains, which is to say glassy rock-turned brains, and they posit that the heat made these brains explode and turn into glass. Josh, have you ever had an exploded glass brain? <laughs> <laughs> I've felt like it for months. I like. I feel like when, lately when I've tried to think, I've had tried to have new ideas. I'm like, mm, probably just a big hunk of glass up there, just some kind of paperweight or something. Um, the brain was petrified at 950 degrees because of the proximity to a an active volcanic eruption. So you, I don't know much about this person, but I do know they didn't have the smartest brain if they were just standing <laughs> next to an active volcano. <laughs> but I will say I did have a, a, a terrified reaction to this because like if organic matter, if a human brain can be discovered and have the kind of like acids within it analyzed 2000 years after death, I am so scared about who finds my laptop hard drive after I die and when. Because <laughs> that thing is way sturdier than my head. I think it's well past time for us to reintroduce, like, getting cremated with all of your valuables, mm-hmm. just in- including particularly your most recent five laptops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't take it with you refers to your wealth, 
but it should not refer to your browser history. <laughs> you should be able to take that to the grave, literally. Surely this is the new business idea. Like, really destroying your laptop. Like, there's no chance that anybody's going to be able to find your internet history. Yeah, we'll turn the ashes of your beloved ex-spouse into a diamond and then use that diamond to scratch the shit out of the motherboard. <laughs> and then put it in a cannon, shoot that cannon into the cloud. <laughs> whatever, whatever server hosts the cloud and just explode that. Well, this is the other thing. There's all these... Uh, projects underway to sort of recreate people's people's conversations through ai after death mm-hmm. it's like which conversations are you including are you feeding into this ai because you might end up having some uh, surprisingly suggestive chats with your ex-husband or just petty ones i don't want like my loved ones being like i miss josh so bad and then uh and then they bring me back and be like how, how are you papa and i'm just like can you believe the f- in line at this brunch place it's eggs <laughs> in other things that have glitched out my human brain news philip morris the mustache twirling hench thug super douches of the cigarette industry have decided to move into the wellness space josh gondelman you live in new york so i assume you're surrounded by people artistically smoking cigarettes at all times mm-hmm. uh, have you followed this story Yes. Well, as you know, my apartment is a large leather jacket and (laughs) people frequently stop to smoke outside it uh, because the building is shaped like the Ramones. Um, (laughs) And it's I just think that this is like it's infuriating to a degree that turns my brain to glass like (laughs) I mean, obviously, they've been trying to diversify. It feels like tobacco is kind of, it's like not in vogue. And they've been trying to get into this kind of health space. They're now um, trying to buy an inhaler producing company called Vectora. And they, they were working on this, but for years, science hadn't gotten far enough for Philip Morris to enter this because they hadn't invented balls big enough for a tobacco <laughs> company <laughs> to buy an inhaler maker. It is a bit like Coca-Cola owning Coca-Cola and also Mount Franklin water. You just, mm-hmm. you feel a little bit surrounded on all sides. Yeah. If you appoint Jack the Ripper to be the chief of police, then you you should not be surprised if the number of murder investigations drop spectacularly. Mm-hmm. It, it's, if, if one day it turns out McDonald's veggie burgers were all full of cow, I don't think anyone is going to be surprised. Equally, mm-hmm. if you start letting Philip Morris make inhalers... I think you better get ready for some smoking 12-year-olds. And I do not want that cut and taken out of context, okay? <laughs> I mean, on one hand, who knows what what you need in an inhaler better than the people that had and hid the data about how dangerous smoking <laughs> is for decades. So they do have the inside track on what people need in an inhaler. Yeah, they've just held off telling us how bad the disease was for so long because they were looking for a cure the whole time. <laughs> I, honestly, that's kind of sweet. It's like the husband who comes home and goes, darling, I've decided to stop cheating on you. Yeah. You're like, thanks, Philip. <laughs> Apparently the company is aiming to earn uh, at least $1 billion in revenues by 2025 from its Beyond Nicotine products, uh, which, I mean, I don't even know what that means, but apparently one of them is respiratory jug delivery, and the other one just says self-care wellness, and I don't know what that means, but I assume it's the practice that resulted in a man in Tokyo having a stroke. 
<laughs> well, Beyond Nicotine is actually fully vegetarian nicotine, so that's exciting. <laughs> Just you clouds put... of broccoli smoke from your AC. <laughs> they they have a Beyond Nicotine Whopper, which is <laughs> it doesn't taste great, but I can't stop eating them. <laughs> I mean, into the wellness space. They already have, you know, cigarettes and vapes and patches. I'm, I've just been waiting for a nicotine oil burner. Mm-hmm. Aromatherapy. What's machine. so upsetting is the best wellness product they could offer is just no cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they just stopped making cigarettes, they would be so good for health and wellness. No cigarettes, plant the odd tree. That's it. Yeah, there you that's go. it. That's your wellness campaign. Yeah, Philip Morris, No Tobacco, and Some Occasional Other Plants Corporation would be better <laughs> for public health. Than whatever they're doing now, because it's not like they're inventing an inhaler; they're just acquiring a company that already makes them. I just don't understand why, at a certain point, you can't go. You know what? We had a great run. Mm-hmm. We had we killed a lot of people and made mm-hmm. a lot of money. Let's just wind up the Philip Morris Tobacco Company once and for all, and just admit we had a great time. I assume there's like eight men on the board who are very wealthy. And look like uh, they all look like nut sacks that someone left out in the sun, and <laughs> and just yeah, they could just back it in and like just enjoy their their large estates <laughs> and uh, the wives they have that are one third their age and just like stop. I mean, this is the thing as well. Philip Morris has got to have like at least a hundred shell companies. Couldn't they just use that one to buy the <laughs> the inhaler machine? You know. Yeah. Does it have to be so brazen? <laughs> you have to accept that things are a tarnished brand. I think I feel like Philip Morris at this point is like people who persisted in calling their kids Adolf in the 1950s. <laughs> Listen, you can't blame the name. It's not the name's fault. It's a good name. Philip Morris. When these men go on holidays, they hold a shell company up to their your ad section now because how else will you assert status in an increasingly dog eat dog world except by eating the most expensive brand name dog while being the most expensive brand name dog today's show is brought to you by creepy museums that aren't really museums it's just a weird person's house and they own a lot of similar things (laughs) creepy museums that are just someone's house your entrance fee is paying for someone's divorce i've been to one of those museums and there's a a Graceland 2, and it's just a guy with a big collection of Elvis memorabilia, but, like, there's no hours, so you (laughs) just show up and hope that he's around to show you his stuff, so we did, and he wasn't there, but his neighbor was like, I have a ladder if you want to climb up and look into his backyard, a lot of weird (laughs) stuff back there, so we did that. (laughs) Did the neighbor charge you to use the ladder? No, very generous neighbor. You are so lucky you were not murdered. I know. I I am so murderable. <laughs> the only thing is it's like not cool. Like if if other creeps if they were like, "Oh, we got this guy." They'd be like, "Yeah, he's like a child but big. Who cares? That's nothing." <laughs> The one time I almost got murdered in New York, I, I didn't get murdered mainly because I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was coming home for a gig in the Bronx. It was like three o'clock in the morning and I was talking to my twin brother on the, my mobile phone. Uh, it was in 2009. He was in Australia. It was Australia time. And this guy came up to me and was like, hey, you got any money? And I was like, oh, maybe tomorrow, mate. 
And then I registered that he had a knife, but I think he was so confused <laughs> that I was so dismissive that he didn't quite know what to make of it. Or, listen, he's a New Yorker and he took out a knife, thought, I'll mug this woman. <laughs> then he heard you were Australian and he was like, I've seen Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I, I absolutely know what's coming next. Well, I mean, really, the way that I reacted was like, that's not a knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just invisible to me. <laughs> You, you took it to the next level where you were like, that's not a knife. And then the the implied larger knife was just your indifference. <laughs> the cruelest cut. You're like existential crocodile Dundee. <laughs> you don't even offer it up. You just go, that's not a knife. Think about it. That's crocodile ennui. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Post, Post Nostalgia. If nostalgia's not doing it for you, try Post Nostalgia. The sense that things were better before you started thinking things were better before. And remember, the remake of that cartoon you liked didn't destroy your childhood. You destroyed your childhood by aging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Now it's time for your food section. Uh, food section uh, in Eat the Rich News Now. Sorry, in What the Rich Eat News Now. This is a New York special. So, mm-hmm. Josh Gondelman, I'm going to ask you to explain this story. What the f*** is happening with these chips? So, occasionally in New York City, a restaurant will decide, like, instead of making good food, we'll make expensive food and then people will write about it. <laughs> and so they, this place called Serendipity, which is the feeling of being born rich, so good name off the top, <laughs> they have a $200 plate of French fries, which they say it offers an escape from reality. That's kind of the, the <laughs> thing, which like the escape from reality is thinking – you're going to find people to pay $200 for French fries. <laughs> the only way a plate of French fries could offer an escape from reality is if it's like $8 worth of French fries and cheese sauce and then $192 worth of psilocybin mushrooms. <laughs> this is like sarcastic poor people cosplay, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. are not expensive, but they've decided no. to pay a lot for chips, There's right? edible gold on these and... Uh, they're fried All in gold pure... is edible if your teeth are hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> they're fried in goose fat because they like to remind you that for these french fries, something has to die. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is like a, the most dangerous game of appetizers. And then it's just <laughs> a lot of truffles, which I think is, uh, that's like, I don't know. You might as well put like a, like a Gucci belt on top. Like who cares? <laughs> it's nothing. My favorite thing about this use of the phrase, the, the escape from reality, is that if you could afford to pay $200 for a plate of french fries, are you really that mired in reality anyway? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't feel like, you know, there are people like walking out of Charles Dickens novels <laughs> and being able to afford a plate of $200 chips. It's, it's a very strange... If you wanted any more reason to brick the window of a millionaire's house, <laughs> these chips would be it. <laughs> I think this is ripe for one of those eating challenges, which is you can pay $200 for these chips, but you only have to pay $2 for the chips if you don't Instagram them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I would say go fully the other way, right? This is like the thing that gets me with this is like French fries are a perfect, inexpensive food. They cost nothing and they're so delicious you can get them at mcdonald's for one dollar so instead of spending two hundred dollars on this one plate you go to mcdonald's you buy 200 (laughs) orders of dollar menu french fries you just show up at a party and you make it rain like little wayne at a strip club like that's such a more satisfying experience Josh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I desperately want to see you direct more rap videos. <laughs> I desperately want to see you make it rain chips. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> All over some people dancing to a rap song. This is backed by science. Pro-social spending makes people much happier than spending on themselves. So your instincts are correct, Josh Gondelman. It's a shame Thank that you. you're not a billionaire in this universe. I've always said that. Well, that's all the time we have for our ridiculous food section because now it is time for our reviews. As every week we ask our editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Nish Kumar, what have you brought to review? Uh, I, I've, uh, I've brought uh, in the experience of being mildly hungover. <laughs> Not hung over, mildly hung over. I had three pints of beer yesterday with my friend, sat outside a pub, and I feel mildly hung over. And let me tell you, I feel absolutely incredible. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about being mildly hung over. Being hung over obviously makes me want to uh, rip my skin off. But somehow being mildly hung over. I feel like I had a really good time and I feel like the negative consequences of that good time are still present. So I feel that there's a karmic balance to the universe. But at the same time, it's not really impairing my day in any way. So I feel like justice has been done, but also I'm still having quite a good time. So I give the experience of being mildly hungover. Four out of five. Excellent. Josh, what have you brought in to review? I've brought in my my dog, Busy. Um <laughs> Yep, she's a pug. She weighs 24 pounds. Science says she shouldn't exist at all. As to the laws of God and man, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she breathes, she sounds like a toddler scratching a wicker basket, just like... (laughs) She wakes up every night in the middle of the night uh, to take a walk and eat breakfast at 1 a.m. Like she's on the road with Van Halen in the 80s, just... Like eating her, her last meal of the day at two in the morning. Um, lately, she she sleeps in bed with me and my wife. But lately, she's been getting up 
uh, a second time at 4 a.m., refusing <laughs> to sleep in bed, refusing to sleep at all unless I sleep on a couch with her on a nearby couch, um, <laughs> meaning I'm tired all day, every day from this animal who, as soon as I wake up to, you know, do work and live my life, she immediately goes back to sleep for the entire day. Um <laughs> So my rating for my dog, Busy, is five stars. She's perfect. I love her so much. Never change. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I started this, started out by this saying that the behavior of your dog and its existence was at the front of the laws of God and man. Based on that evidence, your dog and I are pretty much the same person. <laughs> Incredibly emotionally needy. Doesn't sleep through the night. Eats at 1 a.m. <laughs> I do also love a mild hangover feeling because it the feeling of a mild hangover is almost like the feeling of having exercise, yes. <laughs> but without having to exercise. <laughs> Look, I think the thing about a pug is of all the dog breeds, it is the most menacing because it's the only one that can sneeze out its own eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, apparently a threat yes yes in, because they're they're so inbred that they don't have a proper nasal cavity what they have is what is called instead a nose maze that runs behind their eyeballs and so if pressure builds up they can accidentally sneeze out their own eyeballs my dog yeah. oh she sneezes so much she will i don't know because i've never had a dog before i don't know if other dogs do this but she sneezes in anger like before she <laughs> resorts to barking she'll just sneeze in your face like hey Notice me. Do the thing that I want. Notice me or I'll pop my own eyeballs out. That's the yeah. that's the threat. That's that's step three. Well. Step four, because it's New York City, small knife. <laughs> Speaking of animals, uh, this is our animal section now. This is animals ending up in people places. First of all, alligators on roofs. Nish Kumar, you look up at the skies occasionally. Can you tell us about this plague of roof alligators? Well, a man nicknamed Bubba has stolen an alligator and tried to teach it a lesson by throwing it on the roof of a bar. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you all one guess as to where this man might have been from in the <laughs> on the entire planet Earth. That's right. He's from the state that, for the last 200 years, has lived fully under the laws of the film The Purge, except every day. <laughs> it's Florida, baby. <laughs> uh, America's Chinatown not as in Chinatown where you go to get Chinese food as in the film Chinatown <laughs> where Jack Nicholson has to be led away in an existential crisis because he's realised he can't contend with the rules that are governing this place this is so good I think you, you hit the nail on the head because I sometimes am like People, like, with their Florida man, like, this, you know, the, these crimes happen because of the, you know, the kind of difficult conditions that people are living in financially, economically in some places. And then you read a story about a man stealing an alligator from a <laughs> mini golf course, which, just a quick note, why does a mini golf course need an alligator? That's not part of golf, even the small version. No, I've been on, I've been on mini golf courses where they do have alligators that you have to try and hit the ball through but crucially they are not real alligators florida. fake alligators <laughs> at first i was like okay this is florida maybe the alligator was working as the security guard at the mini golf course but this is too florida right and this is how the apex of the florida-ness of this story is according to the news report the man was charged with the crime possession of an alligator which 
for that to be a specific crime, <laughs> not just possession of an unlicensed animal, possession of an alligator, which means that so many people have unlawfully possessed alligators that we were like, we got to break this out into its own statutes. Like, it's happening so often that police are calling, like, we got to code green down on the mini golf course. Like, God damn, another unauthorized gator wrangler? That's the third one this week. I'm also fascinated to know the uh, specifics of what lesson this man was trying to teach the alligator. Because that was the thing he said. He was he was apparently swinging the animal around and deliberately stomping on it and told yeah. police he was teaching it a lesson. And <laughs> you have to ask, like, what is the lesson here? Apart from get the f*** out of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, here's the problem. If the alligator survived, and which, which I hope he did, thoughts and prayers for the alligator. The alligator is okay. The alligator is okay. The lesson he learned is I cannot be killed. <laughs> and I have an enemy out there in the world who must be destroyed. So you've just created an alligator with a vendetta. And they have long memories, which is what the phrase see you later alligator actually means. <laughs> this alligator is going to hunt him down and kill him like a Liam Neeson movie. They say an elephant never forgets, but they fail to remind you that an alligator really ruminates on the ears of the cat. <laughs> alligator stews. Oh, very nice. My favourite thing about it is that they then returned the alligator to the golf course because they said uh, it, they returned it to where it had come from. And you're like, Put, get the alligator out of the golf course. Definitely shouldn't be there. Which presumably means the guy was like, this gator learned his lesson. Time for me to bring him home. <laughs> so that's the end of our animal section, which brings us to our second review section. Uh, this is the review of the Wu-Tang Clan album bought by Martin Scraley, uh, which has now been sold by the U.S. government. Nish Kumar, you've been on a rap album. I do have an upcoming appearance on rap producer Laurent's new album. Uh, but let me tell you, <laughs> I, Martin Chakrelli, who is, of course, a farmer bro, uh, which is a, a Greek phrase meaning total f- <laughs> paid $2 million in 2015 at an auction for Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, uh, a 31-track double album created by the Wu-Tang Clan. He was like, uh, he liked to put the album on eBay, but was jailed for fraud uh, at the time. The ownership of this album has now passed over to the US government. And all I can say is, Biden loves Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was, this was a policy platform Biden should have run on last year in the election. Wu-Tang is for the children, <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden and Wu-Tang, both for the children, America's future. <laughs> Well, apparently they, they took six years to produce this album and they released only one copy. Mm-hmm. There is speculation that the reason they only re- released one copy and made this big deal of it was that it's it's not very good. <laughs> you should always do that when something isn't very good, right? Like the next time a movie comes out that, that's not supposed to be great, the next, you know, the next time M. Night Shyamalan's movies get, get panned by the critics, he should just do one screening and it would be incredible. <laughs> this is like such a great, you create that false scarcity and then it overwhelms the bad reviews. Just the, the fact that the Department of Justice, I imagine, has seized this album. I was like, it's pretty uncool that Martin Shkreli is the only person that has this album, but it's somehow worse that now Bill Barr has it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, I didn't think it could get more annoying. Just give it to me. I want it and I'll share it. And this is a problem, right? Is because it's such a a trap philosophically because I don't, I think the American carceral state is, there's such overreach and such cruelty, but I, and this isn't quite the same, but like civil asset forfeiture, right? Where the, the police can just kind of take anything that they suspect is involved in a crime and raise funds that way. So it's just like the American justice system. There are so many flaws. And that is in philosophical conflict with my my other opposing philosophy that more bad things should happen to Martin Shkreli. <laughs> Those are two pillars of my belief in justice is that the United States justice system should be kind of the, radically reimagined at, to, to serve the public safety and health and that Martin Shkreli should spend every morning falling downstairs until noon. <laughs> That's, they call that the Shkreli paradox. It's a very important philosophical conundrum. It's like the uh, the trolley thing, you know, where it's like yes. you're on a trolley and there's six people on it, uh, and you could uh, you have to kill all of them, or you can just run over Martin Shkreli. <laughs> and you're like, well, I mean, I guess I don't want to be the one to pull the lever, but someone's got to pull the lever, and we're all going to make the same decision. But yeah, that's, it, it should be distinguished philosophically from the trolley problem, which is where you can either call a thousand people a c- once or get a thousand people to call Martin Shkreli a c- <laughs> Well, and then there's uh, there's also the issue of Shkreli's cat, which is the cat is in a box, and if you open the box, the cat is or is not a real piece of shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a trick paradox. All cats are a real piece of shit. Yep, that's that's the paradox. <laughs> the Wu Clan said when they made the album that they were adopting a 400 year old Renaissance approach uh, to music um, because they were offering it as a commissioned commodity as a sort of antidote to the uh, music streaming services and the sort of online streaming and piracy nature of uh, the way music is now released and they did successfully adopt a 400 year old renaissance style approach in that they made it and one crazy rich asshole just kept it (laughs) (laughs) this whole story made me feel slightly better about my like basically lifelong relationship to hip-hop culture because these you know there's like real issues of like cultural appropriation and who has like a legitimate claim to art and culture and i'm a big rap music lover and i sometimes feel like oh am i appropriating and then now i go well at least i didn't buy the only copy of a wu-tang album and let no one else hear it i'm probably fine I feel like the Wu-Tang Clan missed the best thing about medieval music production, which is just showing up in someone's hall, telling them how great they were, and then f***ing their wife. (laughs) We don't know they didn't do that. (laughs) Just sing a song about how how strong your arms are, and then your lady can take me to my chamber. I mean, there's a guy in the group named the Jizza. (laughs) I actually saw uh, the Wu-Tang Clan... uh, about two and a half years ago and uh, they take a very innovative approach to everything including how they (laughs) handle their deceased former members Uh, because old dirty bastard r.i.p is of course joined the great wu-tang clan in the sky and he was replaced at the gig by his son who's consistently was referred to as young dirty bastard yeah i've also (laughs) seen that in concert (laughs) 
which is so funny because, I mean, they must know that it's funny to call someone like Young Bastard, who's specifically what you know about him is his patrilineal <laughs> lineage. <laughs> Because old dirty bastard is like they, there's no father to his style, and they're like, well, young dirty bastard, there is a father to his style. It is the old dirty bastard. It's such a good name. As my father once said, "Ooh, baby, I like it raw." <laughs> Please, old dirty bastard is my father's name. <laughs> Call me young dirty bastard. So out of five stars, how would we rank this unheard Wu-Tang Clan album? See, so this is truly Schrodinger's Wu-Tang album (laughs) because it could be, because no one can hear it. So it could be great and it could be terrible. So it's both great and terrible just in its anticipation. So I give it both one and five stars. (laughs) Both great and terrible like Kate Blanchett at the beginning of the Lord of the Rings movie. (laughs) Nish Kumar. Uh, Listen, I'm willing to accept that this may be a return to form for the Wu-Tang uh, because it does feature a contribution from Cher. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but if you are not curious about a Wu-Tang album that features Cher, you need to expand your horizons, okay? Five stars from me. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the show. We're flipping through the ads at the back. All of the personals ads uh, and a few others. Some memories are traumatic, some are pleasant. All can be removed with the Colgate Brain Hammer. Nine out of ten dentists scream when you hit them with a hammer. The other one is a victim of toxic masculinity. The Colgate Brain Hammer. Why keep the pain on the inside? Josh Gondelman, have you got anything to plug? Yeah, I have a podcast called Make My Day. It's a comedy game show where there's um, just one guest, so they're guaranteed to win every week. And then... (laughs) Um, I'm doing some live comedy until someone's like, stop doing that. You can't do that anymore again. So come see me while live comedy is briefly allowed (laughs) and get vaccinated. Nish Kumar. I have two comedy albums. It's in Your Nature to Destroy Yourselves, parts one and two, available on all streaming services and specifically not in the hands of Martin (laughs) Shakrani. And if that's not a reason to listen to those albums, I don't know what is. Well, I'm in lockdown at the moment, so I have no live comedy coming up. There is a live bugle coming up at some point that I will appear on. I think that's in September, though. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, or on patreon.com slash Fraser, one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, blogs, and my weekly Tea with Alice salons. This is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com